The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the twelve, Fear no one. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be made known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak out in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls or glides to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. Whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the last few weeks, I've had, as a priest, experiences with two deaths and now a very close family member with a very serious illness. Before the per first person died, her name was Angela, I was able to visit her at home. She was somewhat unconscious and anoint her with the oil of anointing of the sick. The Catholic offers hope in the sacraments to each other. So when her husband and Gunther, who was there also, came and prayed with me, what we offered her, even in her unconscious state, was hope, was the removal of fear, which is what Christ is emphasizing today. Get fear out of your lives, out of your, your heads. The second person that I was able to anoint, and I had been seeing him on a regular basis. He was my dog's veterinarian for 40 years. So I knew Dr. Cameron at least 40 years. And periodically, when I visited him, and he was in Jersey, I would not only bring him the sacrament of the Eucharist, but also at the last two visits, that was a month apart, you might say, he asked to be anointed with the sick, the sacrament of the sick and dying. Hope. Right as a person is entering into the next phase of life, eternal life, death, that sacrament is an usher. That sacrament ushers the person along. And in the sacrament of anointing of the sick and dying, we have the whole ritual of forgiveness of sins, the opportunity to confess, the viaticum, the Holy Communion. So again, we're facing fear and we're offering hope 
through the sacraments. Now, we know these sacraments. They're with us all the time. Do we know how important they will be at the moment of our death or close to death? I hope so. But as we celebrate them now, either at the side of someone who is ill or ourselves or any of the sacraments, we celebrated First Communion a few weeks ago, all signs of God's hope that he's giving us, tangible hope, things to hold on to, oil, bread, wine, blessings. And now, a dear cousin of mine is very, very ill, and she was notified that unless things changed, she'll have three to six months to live. She's up and around. She went to a wedding yesterday. I hope she doesn't mind me sharing her condition with the world. But that's how we do it in that family. We keep no secrets. And we do the best we can to stay optimistic and call and talk to one another about our conditions. Like Jesus said, you might hear it in secret, but don't keep it secret. And she is a good sign for me, and definitely for the family. She's not a saint. She's close. She's much younger than I am. She's not a saint. She's a normal woman, professional woman. Funny as hell. Very controlling in that family. She's the oldest daughter, oldest child of five. And everyone in the family absolutely adores her. So this news that came just last week was devastating for all of us. And for me as a priest, in a special way, because I don't want to, and I will when the time comes, I don't want to have to say her funeral mass. Nor have I ever wanted to say the funeral mass of any of my relatives. Today we have a message in the scriptures, don't be afraid. It comes from several aspects of our historical presence in the scriptures. The first reading from Jeremiah, just so you get a perspective, Jeremiah was one of those prophets that everybody hated. He was one of the best prophets we have. Now why? Prophets are supposed to tell people the way things are. These people, Israelites, were committed in the bond of the covenant to God. And the priests, basically during the time of Jeremiah, were on the take. So they weren't doing God's work. They were filling their own pockets, their own coffers. And there were other things going on that Jeremiah railed against. And of course, he wasn't popular. The priest said, put him down. And more than once, he was beaten. He was thrown down a, 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 a shaft, a well. And whenever he came back to his senses and went back to the covenant to preach what he's supposed to do, preach positive messages from God, taking care of the poor, raising up the lonely, serving one another, the whole message that Jesus epitomized when he came, he was mocked for it. Now, 
sounds a little paranoid, but you heard it read very well by Julian. Jillian. Jeremiah says, I hear whisperings of many, terror on every side. Denounce, let us denounce him. Those who were my friends are on the watch for my misstep. You see what's going on? He's writing about his justified paranoia. Everywhere I go, they're talking against me. They're telling each other, denounce him, control him, get rid of him. Why? Because he's causing us to look at ourselves. He's causing us to look at God in our lives and us in the face of God. And we're not doing such a good job. So he comes along and preaches God's word. And the book of Jeremiah is a heart-rendering book. Read it at home. Find out how intimate he was related to God, how intimately he took God's message and presented it to the people, and he was not rewarded. Huh. Was Jesus? Every church has a picture of the reward that Jesus received for his love, for his teachings, for his peace, for his pardon, and that symbol is the crucifixion. So he wasn't rewarded. But in that crucifixion, we have hope. That's why we're here, because we're Christians, and we believe in hope, and we believe in the resurrection. Paul paints a very poetic picture when he tells us what role Jesus played. And, and the belief was that one man, Adam, introduced sin into the world. Theologically, you can challenge that. Biblically, you can you understand it, but we don't have to develop that idea right now. Mankind brought sin into the world. That we know. And only mankind will redeem us, is what Paul is saying. So Adam, the first man, he calls it the type, is going to be replaced by a second type. The new Adam, he calls it. The new Adam being Jesus. Because people sinned, and the law wasn't enough to hold them close to God, the Father sends his Son as the new law, Jesus. And as the new law brings a whole new way of relating to God. And I, The first thought that comes to mind is his Last Supper, when he washed the feet of his disciples. Service. And with one man comes sin, with one man, Jesus Christ, the relief of transgression. And how did he do that? On the cross. He, he wasn't a knight in shining armor. He didn't come wielding a sword and a big white horse. No. He came simply, as Isaiah says, he was so gentle as he walked, he, not a reed was cracked under his feet. And he went to his suffering like a lamb goes to suffering, in silence. Now that little piece there is consistent in our scriptures, always. The crucifixion, the most horrible way a person could physically die on earth. We even use the word excrucio, excruciating pain, because to be nailed to a cross and allow the body to just die, bleeds to death, 
and eventually it didn't happen with Christ be eaten by the buzzards because his body was taken down before sundown. But that was the most excruciating pain. And that pain is our biggest fear. The pain we experience and the fear we experience with death is a constant source of fear for people. That's why some people, nuns, nurses, doctors, dedicate their physical lives to the alleviation of pain. We do it through prayer. We do it through assistance. We do it through visiting the sick. We do it through the sacraments. Alleve, relieve the fear of pain that is associated with suffering and death. We all have some fear about something. So just to get back on track, Jesus is telling us, I, I don't want you to have fear. Now, he told the apostles this, as he just, we just heard it last week in the gospel. He sends them out on a mission. Start preaching the word. Go. You, you're all sent out. Now, now, that could be us. We're all sent out to preach the word. And when we go out there, have no fear. Don't be afraid of what people say or do. And don't worry about people who harm your body. Fear those who can harm your soul, those who can harm your eternal life. Anything that leads us into sin, whether it's prejudice, whether it's hate, whether it's greed, anything that leads us down the road <coughs> to sin, be afraid of, keep away from, fly from, but Hold on to what Jesus has given us. Hope. 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 In all aspects of our lives. Hope. Jesus is there. How, how do you know that? In his own words, God knows everything you do. God, God knows every hair on your head. There's not a bird that can fly down to the earth that God doesn't know about. How can God think about so many things? How about he thinks of me and here's the world? Don't worry about God. God knows how to be God. Our job is to worship God, to appreciate God, to bring God into our lives, into our politics, into our family relationships, into our neighbors, into caring for the sick. God knows how to do God. We have to know how to do following of God. We have to be his sisters and brothers of Jesus Christ. We have to be those who take Jesus seriously and proclaim what we believe, proclaim our faith. I don't have to quote anything in the, uh, excuse me, in the current media. I don't have to quote anything in Twitters or, or Facebook. You know what's going on against our church specifically. Don't be afraid. Keep proclaiming. Keep telling the people in this world how much they need God by how you and I live God, how we live the word of Jesus Christ, how we take it seriously. And we don't need to pick up arms. We don't need to fight people. We need to pray and, and voice our opinions. We need to be there to our sisters and brothers who need us, to stand by their side. And I don't care what status, what what 
category of life they're in, who they are. We can pray for each other because we are each other's hope. And when my cousin is going through her illness and going through whatever treatment she decides to go through, or not, hope in life and hope in the goodness that she has already lived in her life is going to be in front of her. The family gathers and brings Jesus through the sacraments, through the anointing, through visits, through stories. That's how we can hope with each other and help each other continue to hope. God cares for us. He wants to remove us from the realm of fear of anything into his own presence, into hope in him, into awareness of his presence. And we do it together as a community of believers, and we can do it individually. Every story is important. Every family has its story. Every family is like the hair on a head. Important, 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 important. And the numbers keep going. And God is aware of all of you and me. He's aware of our prayers. He's listened to our prayers. But we've got to voice those prayers. And even those in our community who are not here in prayer, who don't believe, we have to pray for them. What is prayer? Placing them in the presence of God. Placing ourselves in the presence of God. Connecting God to us. Say God, because they visually and, and biblically up there. But he's not up anywhere. He's here with us. Because God is all over, everywhere. In the quiet of your home, before you go to bed, when you wake up, as you're eating your breakfast, as you're having a cup of coffee, as you're going on to work, as you're visiting the sick, as you're, as you're bringing solace to one another, God is with us in Jesus. Jesus came to bring God's word. And, and he's, <laughs> sometimes he's a little funny. And he said, hey, you, you deny me on earth? When you get to heaven, I'm going to deny you to my father. Could you imagine going at pearly gates and saying, oh, you, oh, do I have a story for you? You're going to hell because of what you did on earth. But for the rest of us, speriamo, I hope he will give us that invitation. Come, come to the dwelling place that I have prepared for you. For you saw my needs and you answered them in one another. Live in hope.